Welcome to the Expert Series, brought to you by the Lupus Foundation of America. Our health education team is here to bring you experts in lupus to discuss topics to help you live better. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. My name is Alicia and I'll be your host. In this time where the Black community and its allies are mourning and protesting the horrific killings of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, Rayshard Brooks, Elijah McClain, and countless other Black men and women lost to systemic injustice and violence, it is evident that there is still an immense amount of work to do to bring an end to racism, injustice, and inequality. The Lupus Foundation of America has a unique role in this work because lupus disproportionately impacts Black women, and the healthcare space is often fraught with implicit bias that may prevent them from receiving the best care possible. We do not take this reality lightly and are dedicated to fighting for equity and justice by reaffirming our commitment to the following. First, elevating and uplifting the voices of our Black lupus warriors, caregivers, and other healthcare professionals who fight valiantly each day to solve the cruel mystery of lupus. Second, addressing healthcare inequities and disparities in communities of color to ensure all people living with lupus are more quickly diagnosed, receive the best care, and are included in the clinical research efforts to find a cure. And third, providing diverse resources and information that address the health concerns unique to the Black lupus community and other marginalized groups. And we know our work does not end there. We continue to welcome feedback and insight to help broaden our efforts to support the Black community, particularly in the healthcare space. July is also recognized as Black, Indigenous, and People of Color, or as you're going to hear us refer to it today as BIPOC, Mental Health Month, and we're looking forward to today's conversation where we will be discussing mental health and racial trauma as well as resources to help cope. And with that, I want to welcome our guest for today, America Paredes, Associate Vice President of Partnerships and Community Outreach for Mental Health America, an organization dedicated to addressing the needs of those living with mental illness and promoting the overall mental health of all. Mental Health America's work is driven by its commitment to promote mental health as a critical part of overall wellness, including prevention services for all, early identification and intervention for those at risk, integrated care, services, and supports for those who need them with recovery as the goal. Thank you so much, America, for joining us today. Thank you, Alicia. I'm so glad um, to be here and to provide some insight into what's happening in the world out there and um, to really kind of bring all of this into context and what it does when we are dealing with something like lupus and also thinking about our mental health, which is all tied together. So to start us off, can you share more background about July being BIPOC month? Definitely. So BIPOC stands for, um, as you mentioned, Black, Indigenous, and People of Color. And um, I think it's important to think about the historical significance of what we've been doing for a number of years in July. July, um, back in 2008, was actually officially recognized by Congress as B.B. Moore Campbell National Minority Mental Health Awareness Month. So that is part of the congressional record. And every year, we have really focused our efforts in July to bring attention to the needs of underserved communities, right? Communities that oftentimes do not get enough attention, do not um, get enough services. And what we have done this year that is a little different is we have moved forward as an organization in striking the word minority from our 
the observance itself and also from our website. We're really trying to help people understand that when you use words like minority or something of that nature, another term like that to describe people, you really aren't describing the person, you're describing numbers. And each one of the individuals that identifies as black, indigenous, or a person of color is not just a number. You know, so we have to accept them and see them as whole people. And B.B. Moore Campbell, who was a, a mental health advocate and author and a speaker, pushed for this back in the early 2000s. So we do our work to honor her efforts to really get people to talk about mental health. And now what we have really done is push people to really also think about the way in which language impacts our work and impacts the way in which we identify ourselves and how we deal with our mental health. So I'm glad to be here. Um, and hopefully if people have questions, you know, you can always visit our website, which is mhanational.org forward slash BIPOC, which is B-I-P-O-C. Um, and they can learn a little bit more about our efforts in July. So as I mentioned earlier, we know that lupus disproportionately affects black women and women of color. And we know that lupus itself is responsive to stress. And given everything going on in the world today, we have deep-rooted racial injustices that are currently being illuminated and amplified, although it's something that has existed through generations, as well as the coronavirus pandemic, which CDC has just released, also disproportionately affects Black and Latinx people on top of everyday stresses that come from having a chronic disease. That in itself, there are so many triggers and opportunities here for stress. Can you tell us more specifically what those are amongst the BIPOC community and how to recognize them? So I think um, what's interesting about what you're bringing up is the, the systematic kind of structures that are in place that impact um, the stress that we experience, right? Um, I can't speak to the experience of being a Black person. Um, I can speak to the experience of being um, a Latinx individual, you know, a woman that identifies as Latinx, but within the realm of, of stress and understanding its impact, um, you're right, the, everything that's happening today, um, the pandemic itself, the ongoing racial injustices, the protests, and then the, you know, you're trying to manage your life um, in the most, I would say normal, right, in quotes, um, way through all of this, we have to think about how that's impacting our mental health. And when we think about both uh, black women and women of color, uh, a couple of things come to mind, right? Particularly that in many ways, um, I think this is something that may relate to a lot of women um, and individuals that identify, right, within um, kind of a cisgender mind framework, um, that we take on uh, a lot of responsibilities for our families and our needs are oftentimes put at the bottom of the list. And that's, that's something that's very harsh to think about, but it's a very, very real reality that we experience. And when mm -hmm. you couple that with something like lupus, right, where definitely we know that stress is a factor that we have to consider how are we actually managing 
our, our, our own well-being and taking time to think about what do I need to do for myself so that the stress that I feel isn't overwhelming and is not leading me down a path to, towards depression or anxiety or any type of mental illness because, you know, stressful situations can exacerbate some of these symptoms. And when you think about the actual symptoms and triggers that people may be looking out for, you know, one of them is definitely sleep. Um, oftentimes people think that, you know, we're, we're, we're in a pandemic, everything has kind of shifted, our sleep patterns have shifted, and that's very true. Uh, but we also know that at the core of who we are as people, we understand when our realities really start to change and the way that it impacts our lives are, like if you're a person that is prone to sleeping eight hours and now you're only sleeping two, you know, that's something that should signify to you something's going on. Or, you know, if you have a higher level of anxiety, um, and I say that thinking about what does that mean for the individual, right? If a person identifies as um, black or a woman of color, I would imagine that they have increased anxiety right now due to the racial injustice. And in many ways, the inability to change the systems that are impacting our day-to-day -day kind of functions. But we do have control about what happens in our homes, right? So if you think about, are you more worried about what's happening outside and the lack of control can really make somebody um, even lead to panic attacks, for example, you then have to consider, what can I do for me and my family to kind of shut that out so that it's not at the, you know, the first thing of the first thing that you think of when you wake up in the morning, which is difficult to do because I do it. I don't know if you've had that experience, Alicia. Oh, absolutely. I think that it's really difficult because messaging and triggers can be everywhere. You think about the news that you turn on in the morning or when you're scrolling through your emails or checking them for the day. Um, and even to your social feed, there's just so many opportunities for you to encounter something that could initiate a stress response. Yeah, you know, one of the things that we've been thinking about for a very long time, it's not new for, for Mental Health America, it's, it's really around the ways in which we have access to care, right, and, and what that does in terms of our stress level. So, for instance, we know that many women um, that identify as Black, Indigenous, or women of color are going to have a harder time getting access to treatment. And that's for various reasons, right? One could be insurance. One could be the fact that maybe they're in a rural area. They don't even have options really available to them that, you know, you just can make an appointment and go see somebody or even do like some sort of therapeutic intervention online or something. But all these things are, are very system oriented where I can't go out and change an entire healthcare system to meet my needs. Right. But what we have done uh, within these communities is found ways to help help each other out. And I think that's that's very important when you think about the community building that exists, especially when you include, um, you know, the kind of factor of lupus or another chronic illness, because community is key to help people know that they're not alone. And 
within that same concept, you then broaden that to say, if I can connect with other people that not only may have similar experiences because they have lupus or, or are caregiving for someone with lupus, um, then it also is important to think about my experience as a Latinx woman and finding another Latinx person in my community to say, you also are dealing with this, help me navigate this system. And that is crucial to help people understand that what they're experiencing, though it may feel very unique, is not, right? And it helps um, create some validation around your experience and also helps you to feel like you're not the only one, right? That's, I think that's a huge part of the mental health journey that people kind of go through in thinking, and I think also the lupus journey, right? Well, I don't know what's going on. Mm -hmm. I think it may be this. And you start going online trying to figure everything out. But then you find that one person that's like, no, you are actually on the right path. This is my experience. Let me help you. That is something that is so important to our overall wellness and more so right now during the pandemic and all the kind of upheaval um, that is happening with the racial injustice. You know, um, something that sticks in my mind is this idea of really finding community within the spaces that are outside of systems because our communities have always done that, but oftentimes, um, the federal government and other organizations forget that we've had to navigate these spaces on our own and have found our own way to really help one another out. Mm -hmm. I'm happy that you brought that up because we actually have um, an online community that people with lupus can join and they can connect with others and share insights, share tips, or just share more about their journey with lupus, which is so important, especially, you know, as you know, that every journey is different. And so that community is called Lupus Connect and you can visit it by just going to lupus.org slash lupusconnect and you can sign up if you haven't already. But it's such an important community and I've heard so many times that people with lupus feel validated for how they feel because someone else is going through or experiencing something similar to theirs. Um, so I couldn't agree with you more community and that sense of togetherness and it, it brings this comfort. It's so important. So just moving on to my next question, why is it so crucial to be aware of and care for your mental health? So the, I think the answer to that is really, if we don't care for our mental health, we cannot care about our physical health, right? They're both so interconnected, but oftentimes it's easier, it's easier for us to manage our physical symptoms because they are something that we can see, right? Where your head may hurt or your back is hurting or, you know, in, the, in like kind of most severe, you like you break your arm and you're like, oh, I can manage that. I can go and figure out what I can do to kind of move me through the process of trying to get better. But when we think about mental health, it's all of our emotions that are tied to everything that we do. So in that, you know, in that same realm, everything exists in between a positive and a negative, right? We're ebbing and flowing between wellness and illness. So it's not, um, it's not something that you can just set aside and say, oh, well, I'm not going to worry about how I feel today. 
because even if you say that, your feelings are still there. And those feelings can really create very intrusive thoughts, uh, create a lot of anxiety and stress that you may not be able to manage. And while you're trying to manage physically, your body is going to manifest physical symptoms that help you say, hey, something's going on. And, you know, what's very interesting within um, Black, Indigenous, and kind of women of color communities, uh, one of the things that really sticks out is the fact that many times a lot of the symptoms that individuals will talk about um, but are connected to mental health are physical symptoms like headaches, like backaches, um, you know, shoulder pain, um, undue kind of breathing issues. Um, so what happens is because we focus on the physical aspect of our being, we don't ever take the step further to say what's happening emotionally that may be leading me to have these symptoms. And to kind of, you know, close that thought, um, I would say mental health and mental illness um, exist on the same spectrum, right? In the same way that anybody that is living with lupus can have both good days and bad days, so can you have good days and bad days in terms of your mental health. But what is important around mental health and mental illness is that when we ignore the symptoms of mental health issues early in the process, they can very quickly move into a space of depression or anxiety or bipolar disorder. And because we don't take the time to really think about what that looks like for each one of us, it can lead individuals to a point of crisis. And that for us is what we are trying to avoid at Mental Health America. We want people to think about their emotional wellness so that they don't reach a point of crisis when they feel, you know, that there are no other options. So what we have done at Mental Health America is to help people, um, give, give people access to an array of free mental health screenings to help people access information um, around their mental health. So people can go to mhascreening.org and take uh, an, any one of 10 mental health assessments. They're all free, anonymous, and confidential. And the person will be able to actually complete the screening and get information right there on the spot. And the intention behind that is not to diagnose an individual, but to give them uh, at least a path that they can follow to figure out what, may, what they may be experiencing and then guide them down a path of getting more information and if they're interested, finding some, some type of support. So all of that is really connected to the same way that we experience physical illness, right? If you feel like something's going on, you most often will say, okay, something's going on. You wait a couple of weeks, see if it clears up, and if nothing's happening, you go see a doctor. And we're hoping that that's the same thing that folks do when they're thinking about their mental health. Mm -hmm. And what are some tips or recommendations that you would give to someone who may be experiencing mental health challenges right now? I would say that the, the, the individual has to think about their experience and, you know, if what they're experiencing is warranted. And I say that with caution, right? When, when you think about 
if um, if we're really considering the aspects that are going on outside our door, where we are in the midst of a pandemic, seeing you know the racial injustice again and again, and people protesting and trying to do better, if you're having you know emotions tied to these aspects, that's normal, right? That's very normal for everybody that is living at this moment. But the difference is when whatever it is that you're experiencing starts to impact your daily functioning. So that looks like uh, maybe an inability to um, do your day-to-day -day kind of schedule that you've put in place, right? Whether you're working from home or you're still working out in the community, are you able to do that? Are your relationships still going well? Um, and if they're not, then that's a measurement check, right? That you have to say, okay, something's going on with me. Let me try to figure it out. And part of that may include taking a screening. Another is to really talk to somebody that you trust and share your concerns so that you don't um, experience this alone. And I think part of that is also thinking, if there isn't a, a person that you trust, you know, maybe you're, you don't have very good relationships with your family or, you know, you don't have friends that you can immediately go to, then find these online communities like Lupus Connect because they enable you to find support. And support is so important beyond just our day-to-day -day functions. It is our ability to really connect with other people so that we do not feel isolated in our experience. And then the other thing that I would suggest for folks is to really think about what can you do to take care of yourself? Um, I know that the word and the kind of term self-care gets thrown out all the time, but the way I like to think about it is what good thing have you done for yourself today? And it doesn't have to be this huge thing, you know, like I purchased a trip to Hawaii. It's not that I'm not thinking about that. I am talking about, have you taken 15 minutes of your day today to do something that brings you peace and joy? And that looks very differently for each individual. And I say that because that goes back to us being able to center ourselves and realizing that our journey and our experience is very unique and that we have to have grace um, and give ourselves um, a pat on the back really to say, you're doing the best that you can and let's figure out what we can do to do better if that's needed. Right, and so what are some resources that someone who may be experiencing feelings of being stressed or overwhelmed uh, can turn to during this time? Yeah, definitely. There, there are a lot of resources online right now um, and a lot of free resources. So um, if you are interested in doing something that is more um, kind of meditative, you can look for information around mindfulness. You can find this information on our website at mhanational.org, but you can also find resources all over. Um, so a lot of folks like mindfulness. It's, um, it's related kind of to meditation and really grounding yourself to, to not be overwhelmed by everything that's happening in the world. Um, another aspect of that is finding maybe um, these communities that you can connect to. I think that's very important. But then also a lot of folks are very interested in 
doing some work on their own, right? For example, you can download apps that really are very, um, the intention behind these apps are to give you kind of small activities that you can do to try to help de-stress or manage your mental health in a better way. So um, some of those are listed on our website. You can find those. But I want to make sure that when we think about the needs of Black, Indigenous, and women of color, um, it's important to find resources that you feel you can identify with, right? So if you go out and say, well, I want to try yoga, and, you know, I'm a Latinx woman, and maybe I'm a little bit, um, you know, off-put by the fact that everybody that I see at a yoga studio or online are, are white women, and I, and I want to find Latinx yogas or yogis, then I could search that out. And I promise you that there are folks out there that do that. So what I'm saying with all of that is, you know, identify the key areas of support that you are looking for and search them out. Um, so some of those are listed on our website. Um, we have a whole section on Black Indigenous people of color um, at mhanational.org forward slash BIPOC. And there's information for the Black and African American community. Um, there's information about the Latinx community, LGBTQ+. So there are a range of resources out there. Um, but I always say, you know, find something that you can connect with and that really you identify with so that you can stick with it. America, this has been such a great conversation today. So as we're wrapping up, do you have any final thoughts that you would like to share? Um, I would say that I know that in all over the U.S., our experiences are very different because of the pandemic and the need to social distance and all that. But you know, when you think about creating community, it can be online, but it can also be just on the telephone. You know, um, technology does enable us to reach people in a very different way, but it's also okay if you're able to go out into the community and sit with folks at a distance so that you can see their face. Um, and that is very important during this time. Um, but you always have to think about what that means for your safety and your health. But my final thought, I think, in terms of all of this is that our experiences as people are impacted by all of the um, experiences that we have had in our lifetime, right? So we cannot forget that as individuals who may identify as Black, Indigenous, or women of color, our experiences are definitely colored by the racial injustice that exists in, in the world. But we also can find community within all that to help us move through that and find healing. Um, and I think healing is one of the most important aspects that we have to focus on so that we just don't focus on the negative. So thank you so much for having me, Alicia. Thank you, America, for joining us today. What a great conversation. We really appreciate all of the information that you were able to share with us. And for those listening in, I encourage you to visit our website, lupus.org, where you can learn more about mental health and wellness. In addition to Mental Health America's website, mhanational.org. And if you'd like to learn more about living well with lupus, you can find additional resources on the National Resource Center on Lupus 
at lupus.org resources. And if you would like to talk to one of our health educators, you can submit an inquiry at lupus.org slash health educator. And you've heard us mention this a lot today. If you would like to connect with others who are impacted by lupus, check out our online community, Lupus Connect, where you can talk with others, find emotional support, and discuss practical insights for coping with the daily challenges of lupus. You can find the community and sign up at lupus.org slash resources slash lupus connect. And lastly, just in case you're not caught up yet, you can check out previous episodes of the Expert Series by visiting lupus.org slash the Expert Series. Have a great day.